Welcome to the Locate 852 podcast, bringing you insights on how you can build and scale your business with social platforms. Hosted by the leading Facebook ad strategist in Hong Kong, entrepreneur, branding expert, and the founder of Locate 852, Chris Chung. Gratitude is something I've started practicing daily over the past year, and it has really changed both my personal and work life for the better. The guest we have on today might just know a thing or two when it comes to gratitude and success in business. Joining us is Alex Icon, co-founder of Intelligent Change that has created the 5-Minute Journal, which to date has sold over 500,000 copies. Alex was the creator of Luxie Hair, which on YouTube has over 3.2 million subscribers. He is an angel investor in Calm, June, and Tradesea. In this episode, Alex shares with us how he began his journey as an entrepreneur, how important it is to truly embrace pain. As entrepreneurs, how important is it to be doers balanced with taking risks, what skill sets he had to develop from creating multiple successful companies, his insights on how he should manage with imposter syndrome, what QVCA is and how it works, and much more. If you guys are curious as to how I'm able to help businesses scale and grow on-demand leads using Facebook advertising, then go to locate852.com slash ultimate ad template to download my ultimate ad template that outlines everything you need to know step-by-step in order to create highly converting Facebook ads starting today. As for now, let's get right into the show. Alex, you have and still operate multiple successful companies, but from what I know, you weren't born into money or the world of entrepreneurship and you actually came from humble beginnings. Can you share with us what your upbringing was like and how you grew up? Uh, yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, you just, you know, inviting me on. I, I think, you know, it started for me as a true immigrant story. I grew up in Russia in a very poor middle class uh, Russian upbringing, which is like really poor by Western standards. And I'm really proud to say that because it really has shaped me to be who I am now. And my parents immigrated uh, to Canada when I was about nine years old. And yeah, my parents divorced, single mother, and uh, I had to just hustle. Because, you know, if I would ask my mom, like, hey, can I have money to go to the movies? She'd just say, you know, tough luck. We don't have any money. So if you want to do anything or buy anything, you have to make your own money. Um, So... It was that challenge that really forced me to kind of think of, okay, what can I do? What can I, you know, where can I hustle to get some money? And on, at, when I was like 11 years old, I would already be kind of selling flowers in parking lots mm. um, <laughs> and just making money. And so I'm really appreciative of that, you know, hard and harsh upbringing uh, in, in a way because it has, you know, it, it really taught me from the early ages of already like, you know, wholesale, buying something, selling something, making money. And I didn't really appreciate it because, you know, entrepreneurship is very hot and sexy now. But mm. back in the day, what was really cool is like, you know, go to a business school and right. get a nice corporate job. Uh, so no one, like this whole thing of entrepreneurship that is happening now wasn't really happening then. So I really want to be uh, a banker that's where I thought you know you have to be corporate that's where serious money is and uh, I, I kind of went on that path but then shortly uh, went to university went to a bank got fired from a bank and then realized okay I gotta go back to my entrepreneurship roots and do something else and so once you um, left a bank what did you decide to to take on 
Um, I guess I had about two years of university left uh, of business school, and I thought, okay, I still want to finish business school because, like I said, at that time, you're still thinking, okay, I need a degree just in case for a backup. Realistically, I wish I just dropped out um, because it didn't really serve me any good. Or like any, even now when I meet sometimes some young people who are doing great things when they're young, I'm like, wow, like you're, you're like only 22, you're doing so much. And I'm like, what's your secret? They're like, I didn't go to university. So, <laughs> so you can really get uh, uh, like four years of your life. Yeah, imagine if I could just, you know, try different things during that time. That would be incredible. But for me, I said, okay, I'll go to school full time and I'll just kind of like hustle instead of having, because I always had to do, I always had to work, you right. know, because I didn't come from money. I had to even pay for myself through school. So even in university, I was already working full time at the bank. And um, so I just decided instead of having a full time job, I'll just try different you know, entrepreneurship activities um, and see what sticks. And it took about two years until, you know, our first kind of successful venture really took off. And do you think because you came from humble beginnings, you have a chip on your shoulder that that gives you an advantage that you carry on till this day over other people? Uh, You know, it, you know, it's so different for so many people. I think, I can only speak from my own experience. Um, I'm really grateful that I had to, you know, always work. Of course, at that time, it didn't feel like that. I always sometimes felt, you know, a victim and be like, you know, why are my parents poor? This sucks. (laughs) You know, why can't just have parents have money? Um, But but in a way, it was an advantage. You know, it was an advantage because I had to figure out, like, I think as a as humans, when we're facing certain challenges um, and we want to figure out, we start learning and we start figuring things out. You know, instead of if I had maybe parents who had money, maybe I'd just been complacent. I'd be like, hey, who cares? I don't need to work. Um, so in a way, it was my advantage. Uh, so for my, for me in my situation personally, I'm definitely even grateful <laughs> for those <laughs> for that upbringing because even though you know it wasn't easy and it sucked. Um, but looking back now, I have, that's why I have so much appreciation for everything because I, it's really, you know, as the Drake song goes, start from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and so how important do you think it is for you to really embrace the pain, especially when you're starting out and, and you might not be there yet and, and things are tough, but how important is it to actually realize the pain, understand it and really embrace it in order to better yourself and grow? Um, yeah, I think it's really important. You know, I think the the challenge today with so many people is is that because we have Instagram and YouTube and all these things, we're we're seeing the end result and the highlights of so many people. Mm. And and I think never in ever in history have has everyone been exposed to the other side. Meaning, you know, before you might actually, like, you know, guess how the other, like, half of the one percenters of, or, or the one percenter of the one percenters lived. Uh, but now, in, you know, on Instagram, you can instantly, like, follow, like, people. Like, you know, as you scroll through Instagram, you go to their stories, you see these people and how they live their lives. A lot of them from, you know, wealthy backgrounds or people who have hustled a lot or, or um, you know, did whatever. 
and instantaneously you, you, you people can get the wrong idea of what how how success works and that they think oh it just these people just have it mm. and even i think sometimes people look at us like that even though i'm just telling you or people listening of my background um when people just randomly go on my page they, they may not know that they right. don't know that i i, I, <laughs> I come from a, you know i have this look this oh this your white privilege you're this you know preppy white guy who's probably come from money um <laughs> I, you know there's these stereotypes but in reality i was like you know pretty much a street kid um got in a lot of trouble and you know i'm really grateful that i'm not in jail or somewhere you know so um so in a way what i'm trying to say is for people who are going through you know who may be in a tough position you have to understand that I think one of my friends, Carl Loco, really described it so well. He's like, you know, everyone has to climb a mountain. Mm. You know, everyone everyone does. However, you know, people have a different path. Some people have an easier, you know, like path and route to go to the top, but they still have to climb. Right. And, you know, and some of us, you know, we get like, <laughs> you know, a, a, a harder trail. And it's, and yeah, it's unfair, but... You, you can't whine that you're on the on the bad trail. You have to just deal with the, your circumstances and realize, okay, um, I have to climb a mountain and I don't have the best trail, but I still have this ability to climb, so I might as well keep climbing um, and, and using it. And just really don't look at other people who have the easier trail and like kind of, you know, complain about it uh, because it's really... There's no point of complaining because you're on this trail. You, you know, you can't skip and jump over on the mountain to the easier trail. Like, this is where you started. Mm. And this is the only way for you is to be on this trail and to keep going. Um, so that's the way kind of I see it is uh, the importance of understanding your situation and the challenges you may be facing. And what can you do to overcome those challenges, right? And I think... Even my story, I think for so many people, if you live in a Western world, like we have just so many opportunities. It's just mm. incredible. And do you think because of the pain that and the experiences that you've had, and that's how you've come to develop understanding the power of gratitude and understanding how to consistently practice gratitude? Yeah, I think, you know, when you are in challenging situations, you have to see the good in something because the moment you start being hopeless about how bad your situation is and start being a victim, then you're screwed <laughs> because you, you, you really have no way out. And that's when you get depressed, you get anxious, all that stuff, because you really have no hope for the future. And there's a great actually... Uh, model. It's called um, the uh, the Von Mises Human Action Model. So he's like a philosopher, mm -hmm. and basically he says, you know, people only act if they their action will satisfy three requirements. And the first one is you you become dissatisfied with your current state. So you know you're in a situation where you're like, I don't like the situation, mm. and at that point you really have a choice, and that choice is. Can you create a vision for a better state than you're currently in? Mm. And, 
And then uh, step three is you figure out a path how to get to that vision. But the reason I'm even mentioning this is that for you to even think about a, a better vision or, or a path how to get to that vision, you first have to realize that you are in a position where even though you may feel like you have nothing, you have something. Right. And that is going to the state of, of like, hey, I actually can change my state if you can, right? It's like, I think, you know, for 99% of people or so, if you're healthy, well, you can listen to this, you hear this, you can see and, and you can function. Um, like that is already incredible things to be grateful for. You know, so many people don't have the ability to see, to uh, hear, to function, to move, to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's easy, you know, I think people take this for granted so easily. But because even myself, like, you know, my father passed away when I was 17, uh, you know, from cancer. And then uh, I have a stepfather who passed away a year earlier. Like I had like a mo- that moment in my life when, you know, it was death, death after death. And I saw actually my father like pass away, like not, it wasn't instantly, I actually saw him, you know, die within, you know, a few months. And I saw him go from a healthy person to be somebody who goes in the grave. And it's, it's not dire, but you, you then realize that, you know, when we're healthy, everything is good. But the moment you get sick, you're like, I'll do anything to be healthy. Mm. And I think so many people, so many of us, you know, we take that for granted. We just take those basics of like your breath of, of sight just for granted. It's like it's like a given, but it's not. That is the biggest wealth that we may have. And when you have that, you have opportunity. And that's when I, I, I kind of that previous model, the human action model from Vaughn Mises that I talked about is – it's fine to be dissatisfied with your current state. That's actually great. It's great to be, get pissed off, be like, hey, this sucks and I'm fat or um, I'm, you know, I'm not in a relationship or I'm not in a good financial state. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> be a little angry. Get a little pissed off. Uh, be dissatisfied. But then realize, okay, even though you're dissatisfied, you have something to work with. And then move on to that really creating that vision for what you want to create and the life you want to live and slowly figure out a path to get there. And that, that is really like in summary why I am where I am now. It was just like me being dissatisfied with my state, choosing not to be a victim, taking responsibility, realizing I'm the only one who can get myself out of the situation. Mm. And it's not my mom. It's not the government. It's not anybody. I can't blame anybody here, but really just me myself and then figure out a path to get out of there. And, but really the, before you take action, even what, what I did, I created a vision, you know, what kind of life do I want to live? And that's why instead of being jealous, you know, a lot of people use their energy in the wrong way. They look at my Instagram or look at, look at other people's Instagram or people that they follow online and they get pissed off and be like, Oh, it's easy for this person. No, get inspired by this person. You know, if this mm-hmm. person can do it, maybe you can create a life. As well, the reason me and my wife, you know, share the stuff that we do, some people say, oh, it's not narcissistic, you guys are just showing off. No, actually, like, I know that I am here because other people, actually, instead of making themselves private and hiding how they have healthier relationships or how they live a great life and, you know, uh, whether it be the vacations or the work they do or anything they do, 
that they actually show it show it to others mm-hmm. and allows others like myself to be like, oh, wow, this is possible. And especially when these other pe- people as well, like us, can actually share their insights, you know, as I am right now. Because, like, I'm speaking to you and I'm speaking to anybody listening, like, directly. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting that insight directly from me. You can guess all you want when you look into my Instagram. But if you're actually hearing me speak my words of why I'm here and uh, why I got here. And, and, and the, the reason I got here is mostly because of these things that I've just talked about before. Right. About mm-hmm. gratitude, about your mindset, about really seeing your challenges as, as, as a way for stepping stones to get to where you are. And then, you know, all the people that I've met or probably you have met as well who are successful, they all do this. You know, they're not victims. <laughs> they don't, mm-hmm. you know, they don't come. They don't just sit and complain around. They act. Uh, they actually do stuff. They make things happen. And I think this is the most important thing that I've realized. So even myself, like, if I want to create something in my life, you know, it's more about, I know I can make it happen. But then the other question comes is that, am I going to be willing to make that sacrifice to make that happen? Mm -hmm. Because all things will take sacrifice. You know, you, you, you don't just get to have what you want without anything. Like, you will have to give something. It'll be either your time, your money, you know, um, something to, to get what you want. I was gifted the five minute journal about a year ago and from understanding atomic habits and what James Clear um, teaches, um, I started implementing it on a regular basis and I haven't stopped for the past one year. And I truly believe that I've grown my business at least 10 times just from implementing this every single day, every single night. I carry it with my travel. So really want to thank you to, for, for creating such an amazing product. But to tie it back into um, kind of the insights that you're sharing, how powerful is it, do you think, as entrepreneurs to be doers and also balance with taking risks? Um, well, I think even tying those, and thank you so much, uh for once again for taking a chance for doing it for implementing it um you know you you i think everyone who takes that action for gratitude or just towards seeing the positive of of life uh puts out that better energy into the world and makes a difference so thank you for that um in regards to the question about doing and risks i think the moment you do anything you are taking a risk I think uh, evolutionary, we're designed to not actually take risks. Your brain wants you to be safe and it wants you to be comfortable. <laughs> so actually, it doesn't want you to do a lot of stuff. And this is the reason why we procrastinate <laughs> or, we, don't, or we really don't take much actions because your brain's like, hey, if you actually take less action, there's uh, probably less likely chance that you will die. Right. So if you're going to be taking any action, uh, better to be calculated, you know, see what other people are doing. And that's why most people are just following the herd. You know, they're not, you know, thinking for themselves. They're not taking actions for themselves because it's risky. So any action you do, we have to realize there's already inherent risk attached to the action. You know, um, and even non-action has a risk to it if you, if you think about it. Um, so, um, so what I'm trying to say is that 
uh, for myself, what I've realized is that uh, every action and, and non-action still has a reaction. Mm. You know, there's in life there's really no such thing as standing still. And this is why what we have to do, whether it's entrepreneurs, just as people, we have to think about what actions are we going to take and what's the point of those actions that we're doing. You know, I think a lot of us are just doing actions without actually them being well thought out. Um, like, what's, why are we going to work or why are we going to school or why are we dating this person or, or why are we hanging with uh, these friends? Like, in a way, you have to really question a lot of times because each action you're doing, the people you're hanging out with, you know, uh, from the, the thing you're choosing to listen to or watch, each of those actions carries a risk and sometimes a reward. And uh, so for myself, you know, like, I guess that's the way I really think about it is that those doing and risks, um, those things are like they're together. You can't separate them. Mm. Um, and inherently, that is fine. You know, it's, it's the same thing with, as I touched about talking about before about, you know, whether you're in a challenging situation is like, that's the reality. You have to face reality. And the reality of doing and risk is whatever you do, there's going to be risk. And you might as well think about how can you approach, you know, this, the actions that you will take um, and that will enable you to get the rewards, you know, at, at a leverage rate. You know, the book that kind of taught me this in a way or introduced me to it, it was really the 4-Hour Workweek and the Pareto's Law. You know, the, the biggest takeaway, the biggest takeaway I've had from uh, that, that book was really 80-20. You know, how do you, how do you get 80% of a result with only 20% action? Mm. And that's what, how I'm, I just want to try and tie in just really how I think about doing things and the risks attached to it and things like that is I really think about I don't want to be doing things at 99% of my effort. I want to be doing I want to be leveraging my actions to be maximizing my results and rewards that I'm getting in life. Right. And with your experience with building multiple successful companies, what are some of the crucial skill sets that you found that you had to develop along the way and also what are some of the lessons that really forced you to grow i think like you just said with your example of using the five minute journal uh or other tools like this where you, you talked about james clear is that it's all about mindset mm. like going back to the 80 20 your mindset is 80 percent, like in anything you do <laughs> you know, in relationships and business so one thing you have to really work on, and I always really speak about, you know, even the people who work for us um, or other entrepreneurs, what I realize is that it's pure mindset. Like mindset is, is such a huge factor of what you're able to accomplish. Mm. Um, and even I can see this in business, it's, it, you know, the thing about, you know, quote unquote, being successful or being able to build something of successful value is all, all that happens is the biggest factor I'll say, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, is that 
is once you do it and you succeed in a way, your mindset changes. Mm. You know, before I became an entrepreneur, I never knew it was possible to make money while I sleep. Right. You know, I heard other people talk about it and it was like it was like a theory idea or even just even be able to make money on myself and not work for a paycheck. You know, it was all theory. Like I've never experienced that myself. Mm. And then when I actually, you know, took the action, took the risk and was able to actually create that in my life, my mindset has shifted. But before even I was allowed to even get to that level, I had to work on my mindset to see that, hey, it's possible to make money while you sleep. Hey, it's possible to actually have the four hour work week and have a lifestyle business, let's say. Because uh, even I remember when we're starting out, because we want to build lifestyle businesses, right? Mm. Is that I would speak to either other family, friend, you know, successful business people, and I'll talk to them about, about this idea of like, you know, creating these uh, lifestyle businesses and being able to travel and do all this stuff. And literally, like I remember this so clearly, he literally laughed in my face and he said, "This is not possible. This is not business. Mm. You know, um, you have to be present." But once again, that's just his mindset about business. And through other people like Tim Ferriss and other people on the web web and things like that, they just shared their mindset of, hey, it is possible. And me believing into that mindset and in the way it was was creating that vision, I was then able to take the action, right, with that belief of the mindset that this is possible Mm. and then make it happen. And then once I actually realized that, Thing in the real life then my mindset actually solidifies and I can see that it's possible so for me right now for example you know now that I've been able to create you know eight-figure business another seven-figure business things like that uh, even if I lose everything it doesn't matter because my mindset is now enriched with the idea that this is how you build stuff and this is possible right so when whenever we're you know, uh, trying to share our knowledge as you are with this podcast, you know, mm-hmm. or, or anything else, or what I do with my videos or my Instagram, whatever. The biggest roadblock for most people is their mindset. It simply blocks them from believing that this is even possible. So how do you expect yourself to grow in business, to grow yourself in life and the relationship if you don't allow your mindset to believe into something that can allow you to have something in your life. You know, so this is why a lot of people, you know, doubt, they say this is fake, all that stuff. It's simply their mindset stopping you. You know, and another thing, uh, I guess, just want to point out how important mindset is, is this even myself. I remember one time I was talking to another entrepreneur. He's actually also based out of Hong Kong, like has several eight-figure businesses. And uh, we, we he was in London and we just met up and it was, I was like he's like how how are things going I'm like things are going great you know we're growing about thirty percent a year um, doing great stuff and then I'm just thinking you know like uh, how do we keep how do we maintain this growth of about twenty to thirty percent a year and he tells me Alex you're not thinking about growth or your business in the right way and I'm like what do you mean and he's like you shouldn't be asking yourself, how do I grow next year 20, 30%? You should be, you know, really pushing yourself to think, how can I, what can I do 
next year to grow this business 300%, mm. right? And, and why I bring this example, when he said that to me, like it blew my mind because all, all that action is, is just how do I approach my problem in, in a different way? And hey, he could have even said 3,000%, whatever. But even, but you, but saying going from 30% to 300% and having that mental exercise of like, what would I have to do my business to, to make that leap happen? It forces you in a way to start constructing and to start putting things together to how you can create that extra growth. Mm. And I've seen kind of like, you know, the same thing happen with, with me, you know, personally in the business is that the moment you stop really uh, setting, you know, working on your mindset of how you can grow, how you can um, better or anything like that, all of a sudden you'll just stay stagnant. And the moment you, you stop growing, you will start declining. Like, like that is just nature. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really simple in a way like in nature, if you're not growing, you're dying. <laughs> like it's just, it's just basic. So you have to be in a way of uh, pushing yourself and your mindset of how you can grow as an individual. You know, and, and this is why the whole idea of even of intelligent change as a company um, with our products like the Five Minute Journal or the Productivity Planner, and I'm really excited about you know really creating even more products and and developing uh, just more tools for people. It really comes from like Abraham Abraham Maslow Maslow hierarchy of needs. You know he's a in a way a very huge inspiration of the things he said. And this one basic thing that he said is that you know what you can be, you must be. Mm. And what you can be, you're becoming. You must self-actualize and realize your potential. And what I'm trying to say here through what, you know, I remember reading this for a long time and really not getting it. You know, even if I said it right now, you may be like, well, what, is that? what does he mean? What you can be, you must be. What he's really saying there is that as humans, we have this innate desire to grow. I've personally experienced, you know, uh, depression or my wife has, and those feelings, anxieties, they really happen when you lose in a certain way, when you don't have a vision once again for your future and the purpose of what you're doing here and why you're doing things. Right. So it, innately, it's built into us, right? It's like, it's a very human uh, thing. Right. And... We must, that's what I'm saying, in a way, we must, as, as humans, uh, seek out and realize our potential. And for every individual, as your fingerprint, you know, your potential is different. Your potential and your actualization and realization of yourself is different. You know, uh, you have to do your own stuff. I have to do my own things. But it's really listening to that inner calling of ourselves uh, and then going on that, you know, going on that hero's journey, uh, as you know, Joseph Campbell says, that we really become, you know, self-actualized, and that's what you know this whole journey of life is really all about. Mm. As a successful entrepreneur, how do you balance your mindset between having imposter syndrome? Because as myself, I I 
throughout starting, throughout pushing and growing, there's often times where I operate in business senses where I feel like I'm not good enough or things I'm not qualified enough where when I'm actually are um, and am. Um, and so on a big scale, how do you deal with it on a day-to-day basis? And how do you partner that with kind of the mindset work that you do as well? <laughs> I think it's a really great question. Um, the great thing, I think, how old are you right now? 23. Oh, yeah. So awesome. Um, so I'm 32. And I can highly relate to you. I think when you, you know, I started our first business when I was about, I was about yeah, 22, 23. So you're about your age. And when we're young, like young, I'm still, I'm still young, but I'm saying when we're younger, we have this, this feeling of, of, of being postures of like not having experience or, uh, you know, not being enough and all that stuff. And it's, and this is why going back to what I talked about before, the importance of, you know, really going out there and starting creating that vision for yourself and taking those actions and being on that path that you're supposed to be on, that you're really choosing and being on and understanding that you are on your own hero's journey, right? Mm. It's unique, it's individual. And don't compare yourself to Mark Zuckerberg. Or, or really to anybody else in life. I think this is a, the most important thing is that, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, comparison is the biggest thief of joy. Mm. Right? The moment you stop, start comparing yourself is the moment you're, you're robbing yourself of joy. And being an imposter, the reason you feel this way is because you're comparing yourself to the industry or the people industry are really to somebody else. But if you start looking at yourself and only competing against yourself and the person that you were yesterday, and, and in a way also kind of being your own friend, you know, not like not being very harsh with yourself. Like it's okay to be a little harsh with yourself, but you still have to be like your friend. Like you're the ultimate, you're the person that you spend the most time with. <laughs> you know, it's like your yourself and your your thoughts, and that inner voice that will say like, "Oh, you're you're a fake, you're an imposter." I remember having those thoughts, you know, before starting our business. It was like, "Yeah, you you're a entrepreneur, you're not a real entrepreneur." You listen to you know, you study all these things, you listen to these podcasts or uh, audio tapes or documentaries or whatever, but you're not actually doing anything, and. To a certain degree, that voice might be true. And you have to then prove it to yourself through action that, you know, say, hey, I'm only 22 or 23. um, And I am committing myself to taking this action to say to not being a fake, Mm -hmm. you know, to not being an imposter. And by actually taking that action, and when you realize, you know, the more you take this action and you actualize yourself in that way, whether it be in business, relationships, all that stuff, 
you get that experience. And with that experience, you have that, once again, that renewed mindset. And you also have that, um, just that inner knowing when you know your, when you know your stuff. And, at the, and, 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 and But what I'm trying to say at the same time, there will never be a moment. I think the moment you even think you know your stuff fully, is a, that's the moment of, like, of your demise to a certain degree. Mm. You know, it's kind of like that fine balance of understanding that you're actualizing, you're learning more, but you will never be actually, like, you will never know. Like, there's too much knowledge, there's too much information. Like, you will never be God. It just, it just, that is not why you're here on this planet Earth. You know, the reason we're human and we're here living this reality is because we're not perfect. It's because we have things to learn. And we're on this journey of life to figure things out. Whatever, once again, whatever you have to figure out on your own personal journey. Mm. And for me, what I'm trying to say is, is that when you realize that you're on your own personal journey, you don't compare yourself to other people and you just take it step by step, step by step with time, with that experience, you will gain that inner knowing of like, you are enough, mm. right? And you are enough for yourself because even myself, you know, uh, having been fortunate to be around very successful people and spending time with them, I'm talking about billionaires, you know, I've literally hiked side by side with Richard Branson last year. I had a chance to just chat with him. And you realize he's just a human being. <laughs> and he's not perfect either. Right? And he's not as smart as you, you, you or other people may think. Everyone has their flaws. But uh, the unique ability of most of successful people is that uh, they're really not, they're really in a way of are competing with themselves. You know, like there are their own competition. And and w when I talk about success as well, we have to also think about is what I've realized is that it's not just about financial success. It's more about like how how content is this person with their life? And um, and in a way, uh, I'll just tell you one more story. Uh, which I found very interesting. Though I, I recently was introduced to, you know, we sold one of our companies recently, and we have a lot of you know liquid capital. And I was thinking, okay, what to do with it? And one of our wealthier friends introduced us to this uh, kind of family banker, and he's like very stealth. Like you have, he has no LinkedIn account, no website, and but I've got introduced through somebody who is very wealthy, mm. like you know, close to a billion dollars, like very wealthy. And she's like, yeah, this guy manages my money. And he's like, he just introduced me through uh, email. So introduce this person. I'm like, okay, this is kind of sketchy, but you know, this comes, this person, I know, I know them well, and I know that they're really well off. And then I, I do this meeting with this person. We meet for lunch and then I'm still kind of like skeptical. But then as I speak, I know this person manages other people that I know also their mm. kind of family money. And this guy was like hilarious because he then actually starts talking about like, 
because you know he similar like me and you are chatting and he sees i'm a young guy as well he's a bit older and he's like alex and it's not like you know we still our company but we're still on our way we still have a long way to like make lots of money like some of these friends that i mentioned so he's like alex the thing you have to realize is that the person who has 10 million dollars thinks that the person who has 100 million dollars has to figure it out the person who has 100 million dollars thinks the person that has a billion has it worked out the person who has a billion dollars thinks it's the guy now because now they have all the money. They think it now it's the people with, in the government who have it figured out. And he's like, you know what, Alex? A lot of these people, the, this is the guy who manages wealth for a lot of these like uber wealthy families, right? Mm. He's like, Alex, I'll tell you one thing. Knowing these people, most of these people, they still have the imposter syndrome, meaning they're like, how the hell did I get here? Mm. You know, it's like it's like emperor of no clothes. Like literally a lot of people feel like that. And he's like, so, and they're no different. And when he said that, you know what, even when hearing from him and I know he, you know, after having a conversation with him, I just realized, and even in my own experience, I was laughing as he was talking about this because in my own experience, actually meeting these people uh, who have, you know, who many of us would like, these are titans of the industry, uh, you know, employing thousands of people, very successful, all that stuff. And at the end of the day, they're just, you know, Johnny or, you know, or Susan or whatever. Like, they're just regular people. They're just even like those kids that grew up to be kids. They just like, they just took the steps. He's like, a lot of them, you know, got lucky. And what he means by luck is, you know, it's being at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. It's a lot of wealth is generated in that way. And. It, that whole conversation, the reason I want to bring it up right now, I guess right now to you, is that it really kind of made me understand that, uh, you know, everyone is trying to fit in. <laughs> you know, everyone's trying to be kind of be safe. Mm. And no matter who you are or how much you make, uh, and I'll say the same thing, like being in a lot of these circles, you just realize everyone has their insecurities, <laughs> you know? Mm. And a lot of people actually try to hide their insecurities by making a lot of money you know it's just but at the end of the day you still see it you still see if people are not actually fully content or they're not actually you know fully realized and actualized to what they're doing they may be actually doing stuff for not for the right reasons so anyways it's a long answer to your question um but i what i'm really trying to say is from my own experience of of you know realizing like i've always wanted to be financially free because i come from a poor background mm. and once i actually you know had that money in the bank account that i thought was gonna you know make me happy or make me realize i realized i'm no freaking different than i was without money mm. right i'm no better i'm i'm no different i'm the same person so i still have to figure my stuff out i still have to work myself on the things that actually matter and are important to me Right. So and it's, it's very individual for so many people. And so it's, it's a personal journey. Uh, but all I can say to most people is that, you know, get on your own path. Don't follow other people. Really figure out and, and be honest with yourself. Like what feels good? What doesn't feel good? You know, are these the people you want to hang around with? You know, does, do, you, do you actually enjoy these people's company? Do you actually like running this business? You know, so many people run businesses and make money and do stuff that they actually don't like to be doing all just to be in a certain status or to be with certain other people they may not even like. Right. So 
you know, these are just some things to be informed about. And you, I really don't, I feel you won't feel like an imposter if you actually, if you actually start being on that path of living your own authentic life. Because at the end of the day, you will know, you will look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I know you're, you're on your path and you're doing the thing that you need to do. Right. Because on that journey, a lot of people will misunderstand you. They, they like, you know, they'll judge you, all that stuff. It can be family, friends, all that stuff. But most importantly, you have to be content with yourself. And that's where it really comes in is, is, is uh, that kind of individual conversation that you will have with yourself at the end of the day. I think this is extremely well put answer. And especially I'm going to be for sure playing back this, this, this bit just to make sure I understand everything that you're saying. And I encourage everyone <laughs> that's listening to, to do the same. Um, but on the strategic side um, of kind of like building businesses, you talk about QVCA. Can you share with us what that is and, and how does that work? Yeah, for sure. So um, we've you know built our businesses uh, predominantly through social media, through YouTube, through making content. I really believe any you know business right now in today's age has the you can get this advantage by seeing yourself you know as gary vaynerchuk says as, as a media company mm. um and how do you produce content that can be through your blog through podcasts through youtube through instagram whatever that may, may mean and uh you know we've our first business was organically grown through our youtube channel which became one of the largest hair channels in the world having you know at this right now about about a half a billion views about hair related content and that's how we grew our business we created really that kind of content that was in a way a funnel for people to find out about our business which was about lexi hair hair extensions and all that stuff mm. and the way i we started thinking you know we, we were able to get you know millions of subscribers and millions of views in in some in a few years and i started thinking okay what are we doing here and what are other content creators doing to to really grow like you know how does that happen how does somebody go from zero to a million subscribers or how does somebody go from like zero to 100 million views like like we all started at zero but what's that formula and so i really just started breaking down ourselves and other people and i realized that these these four things QVCA. So first thing, and it applies like I said to podcasting, to any content generation, to blogging, whatever you want to call it. I'll just talk about more about video, and because that's the uh, the medium that we really are focused in. Sure. So so Q is for quality, right? You have to be producing quality content. Mm. And but when I talk about quality, a lot of people think about the reason why most people don't start and I say quality, they think like, Oh, Alex, I don't have the budget for, uh, you know, expensive cameras for, uh, this lighting. expensive microphones, lighting, all that stuff. What I'm saying is of quality nowadays, your quality actually shouldn't be too high. The moment your quality is too high, like you have three cameras, you have multiple angles, you have the super, it's actually too polished and actually doesn't work in your favor. So when you actually have a quality that's like in the middle, where it's not not too high, not too low, that people like can't see you, can't hear you, as long as they like they, it's fairly good, 
and and in today's age, like even most smartphones, especially like iPhones, you'll have a pretty good camera. Um, you know, like even uh, I I personally know you know Ty Lopez who's taking the storm with all the social media <laughs> stuff. Like I we knew Ty Lopez before like before any of the stuff he did, and I remember personally advising him and saying, "Yo, Ty, like you don't need a camera crew." Just use your phone. And if you see an individual like Ty Lopez, he literally built his empire recently, right? Mm. Just off his freaking iPhone. <laughs> like, like, literally, that's, that's all he mostly uses it is just his phone. Like, his most effective, his most ROI content is just created with his phone. Because it actually, it's, it's good enough quality and it creates a lot of that authenticity for a lot of people. So quality, not too high, not too low there. And also quality content, just in general, like we speak. And this is where it ties into the second one, which is value. So first one is quality, second one is value. With VE, this is the most important things where a lot of people miss. You have to be producing and giving people value. Mm. So for us, we created YouTube content that would help with people's problems that they're looking for. So for example, our product was hair extensions. We created content on video that was helping people and women with their hair. How to take, you know, how to create different hairstyles, how to do a lot of stuff. It didn't even have our product like tied in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But what happened was, you know, people will find you if you're if you're giving some sort of value. And what value can it be? It can be entertainment, it can be education, you know, uh, comedy, all that stuff. So, but so that's how you have to think of value. And the most important thing when it comes to value that I've realized for myself in my own entrepreneur journey is that a lot of times when we're starting out, we're thinking about how do we get value from the market? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're trying to extract bar, uh, value from the market without giving it anything. And what you have to realize is that you will never get value unless you give value. People, you, the way you get money is because you create some sort of value. You solve somebody's problem. Mm. And for me, that was the biggest shift that I've ever had in my, in my life, was that the moment I realized it's what value do I create, what value do I give to others, is when I able, I'm then able to extract value for myself. But at the beginning, I don't even think about extracting value. I think about how do I add value? How do I create a better experience? How do I create a better product? How do I solve people's problems? Mm. You know, like the famous saying is, you know, you want to make a billion dollars, you know, make, uh, solve $10 billion worth of problems or something like that for others and you'll get a billion dollars. So with, so that's value. How it ties everything in QVCA is you can be doing good quality, you can be doing good value, but if you're not doing these last two things, you're not connecting. So those last two things is consistency. When you are starting to do something, most people, you know, they start a podcast, they drop off, like I think the statistics are like after six episodes. You know, they start a YouTube channel, they drop off after like eight videos. They start an Instagram thing, they drop off after like two months. So you have to be consistent. And consistent in a way, for example, with us, we started doing YouTube videos and we committed to doing at least one video a week, every week. That's what we did for years. And that's how we then were able to build up a library of hundreds of videos that then with time would generate and to this day are generating millions of views, right? Because with consistency, you're building seeds. 
And it's the same thing in life, you know, like how do you get a better body? You have to be consistent. <laughs> you have to go to the gym, right. you know. Uh, people think like, oh, like uh, even if you build up to the level that you want, let's say with your body going to the gym, it's not like you can take a break and be like, you know what? I, you know, I worked out for three months. I've been consistent. Now I can eat junk food and just do nothing. It doesn't work that way. Mm. You know, once you start being consistent, you have to continue being consistent if you want to keep growing or keep maintaining even the growth you created. Right? Consistency. And also with consistency, it's, it's consistency of messaging and content. So if your business is about, like our was about hair, we created hair content that was consistent to our brand. Mm. You know, with Intelligent Change, we create content that is all about self-development, self-growth. I'm not feeding my audience that intelligent change hair content. Right. Because it's not consistent with what we want to deliver, right? I mean, yeah, hair content may solve other people's problems, but not for this audience that I'm serving. So you have to be consistent with your your what you're doing. And the last one, this is the most important, I think, out of all this, you know, this formula is authenticity. You know, you have to be authentic. And with um, the more authentic you are, the more you're able to really grow and keep consistent. The reason most people are not able to keep growing businesses or not able to keep growing um, their followings or any of that stuff is they burn out. And the reason they burn out is because it's not, it's not really authentic to them. Mm-hmm. So even, let's say, bringing that example of Ty Lopez, a lot of people you know, feel strongly about him. Ty Lopez is actually authentic. That is who he is. I knew him before social media stuff. He's into cars and girls. That's who he is. He's into. He always has his entourage. He's always had his entourage before. He has it now. That's just how he lives his life. Mm. That is actually authentic to him. So for him, until maybe he gets tired of it and he wants to do something else, maybe start a family, I don't know, who knows. But until that day, it doesn't matter because he's being authentic to himself. And people can judge them, say whatever, but he knows it's true. And he knows what he's out there to do. So same thing with, you know, other people. Uh, they have different type of authenticity. For example, you know, me and my wife, we're really into self-development, self-growth, improving relationships, all that stuff. Some people think, oh, that's fake, that's phony. Like, it's not. That's what we're, like, that's what <laughs> we're generally into. Right. You know, I don't talk about this stuff. Like, I wouldn't start Intelligent Changes as a company if I wasn't actually interested in, in, in these things. Like, mm. even for our podcast, you know, we don't monetize our podcast. You know, we don't, we, why do we do our podcast? Because we just want to do it. Like, we just, we just, it's, it's authentically aligned with what we want to do. And through that authentic action, I really believe you can then be able to tie in um, that component of monetizing something. And I think the authenticity piece is so important because so many people, even to the what I spoke about earlier, this ties into really everything we talked about in this conversation with you. If you're not being authentic with yourself and who you are as a person and what you actually are interested in what to do, like you, it, at some point it will all like break apart, mm. you know, because especially as you grow and if you're not actually being authentic with yourself, you will get really depressed <laughs> because it is simply not aligned to what you want to be doing or the stuff you want to be doing. Right. So 
Um, and this is why I leave it for last. My message, you know, in this whole piece of even grow for wanting to grow, want to grow a business, want to do anything else is that understanding is like why you're doing it. Is this something you actually want to do? You know, for me personally, it's like I can have that question. It's like, hey, I want to become a billionaire, right? Mm. But then you go to like authentically to you, like what's the point? What's the point of you building this amount of wealth for yourself, right? Why are you doing it? And then you are you, and then are you willing to make those sacrifices to create that type of wealth for yourself, right? And then you reverse engineer and see like, you know, maybe what I really enjoy and what I really like is just spending time with my family and just having like a regular life. I really don't care to be a, a jet setter, high flying billionaire. Like I really don't care. Like even. I guess uh, bringing a, a personal example, I've I now have the financial freedom. Like I can buy a Lamborghini, I can buy a Bentley, I can buy a Ferrari. I live in London. All my neighbors Porsche, Ferrari, all that stuff. Mm. But you know what I do? I choose. I just choose to cycle to work. I don't even own a bike. I just rent one of those bikes. You know, like that you can just <laughs> rent with your credit card. Yeah. And 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 how I'm I'm connecting this is like I know that. To me, this is the most authentic to me. I have joy when I can just have that freedom, when I can just ride a bicycle to work. Mm. To me, this is the to me this is the ultimate luxury. Right. 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 You can like so I know that I can afford to have a Ferrari, but for myself to drive my Ferrari from my house to my work, I know that's not going to make me any happier. Mm. Right. And that's but that is but that is a very uh, you know, important conversation to have with yourself, even when you can experience it. You know, I had that because the reason I can say that is, yeah, I've I've taken the action for a time. I've had you know my dream car, what it was at the time, and I I was honest with myself, saying like, it really doesn't like that doesn't make me or bring me that much extra joy. Like, hey, if you're uh, like a gearhead and not like and you love cars. And you're, you have a, you want a collection of Bugattis and all that stuff that's going to make you happier? Sure, cool, do that, right? Mm. But don't try to uh, tr- try to fake or be some, something else just to prove something to somebody else, mm. right? So that's when. It, so it, this also connects to your p- previous thing of being an imposter through even creating content, and all that stuff. Is that people can feel it, and most importantly, you will feel it when you're being honest with yourself of what actually brings you happiness of what of what is actually important to you and a lot of it is through like like doing the exercise like 5 minute journal when you have that consistency of reminding yourself every day like what are you actually grateful for every day you know mm. <laughs> what do you like what you know the question we have at the end of the day is like three amazing things that happened today with time you learn more about yourself you become self aware of like Hey, I've been doing this five-minute journal thing for a year, and you, you, I think you can notice in yourself. There's not that many things that you're actually grateful for, and there's not actually that many things that are like that make your day great. Mm. You know, like it's a it's a, it's a pretty small list overall. Yeah. It's not like it, it's not like an unlimited list. And once you figure yourself out and what is important to you and uh, what makes you feel good you're able to go towards that direction that is more authentically aligned to you. Mm. And then you, you know, your content will shift or your business will shift. Like, so even myself, like the reason we sold our hair business 
you know, to so many people would think like, oh, it's great. Some people like, okay, people who don't have businesses think it's great that we sold a business. My entrepreneur friends think I'm a complete idiot for selling my business, mm. right? And I'll, let me explain. People who don't have businesses don't realize that when you have a business that's actually growing, that's actually profitable, and it's and is growing, you know, in 23% year over year, that is an incredible business that provides you cash flow. You don't sell that. The moment you sell your business, you get liquid capital, you pay tax, all that stuff. How do you actually turn that cash into generating the same cash that your business was doing that for you before? Mm. Right? It's actually not that easy. And so what I'm saying is the reason we sold the business is ultimately we realized the business is not actually authentically aligned with who we are and what we want to do or the vision we have for ourselves in the future. Right. And we made that decision. You know, of course, we were strategic about it, how we sold it, what price we sold it. We got a good price and, and we exited. But ultimately, long term, I could have made way more money just growing that business and focusing on that business. But now I'm in a way I'm kind of taking back a step starting from scratch and focusing on a different business that may not be generating as much money. You know, when people are like, it's like now, oh yeah, what do you do? Like I sell journals. You know, people would be surprised, of course, how much that money, business, how much money that business generates. However, I just see long term that is more authentically aligned with me and what I want to do. And some people may think like, um, you know, and as you grow, people will doubt, people will say stuff, make fun of you. But as long as you're secure with yourself and what you're doing, it won't matter. Mm. And just to wrap up this extremely insightful <laughs> episode, my last question for you is, if you were to be stripped away from all of your money, resources, and network today, and you have to start all over again tomorrow, what are the first three things you would do and why? Um, it's a good question. I'll probably like uh, figure out how do I uh, like go live with my mom or go live with somebody or share a, a place mm -hmm. so that like basically I think first thing first is like how do you you know what allowed us in the first to start a business was because I didn't have to think or stress about rent. Mm. Um, and I think that's a huge thing and it doesn't have to be high I think what happens with a lot of people is like you know you go to school you get you get debt then you get a mortgage you get debt then you get a car that you know trying to show off you get debt and then now you're screwed because it's hard to do anything or start anything if your burn rate is very high in regards to your expenses mm. this is why most people have to have jobs even fancy jobs to uh, to really upkeep their lifestyle. So I'm, I have no problem not being fancy and even you know, moving somewhere or, or going somewhere where my burn rate can be as low as possible. Mm. So that's the first thing. Second thing is um, figure out, once again, how do I get more capital I need for myself? So if I need to take on a job would it be a nine to five or a corporate job for, to be able to save some money for myself or be able to raise money, whatever path I choose. I can just go on and do that. So first thing is keep your, how do I 
minimize my burn rate as much as possible. Second thing is how do I create income for myself to so to have that increases. Mm. And then and then third is you know how to restart stuff. You then use that capital that you either get through work or through raising money or whatever. And by focusing on what is actually currently happening in the marketplace, you know, meaning you have to understand like there's waves. You know, what we did with Lexi Hair in 2010, it's not as easy to do that now. Mm. And however, all moments, all cycles, all business cycles, whether it be good or bad, there's always opportunities and there's always ways you can leverage something. Right. And I think that's what a really entrepreneurship is. You know, entrepreneurship are people who are, who are leveraging opportunities that have not been fully realized by other people. And that's why there's opportunity there. And the moment, you know, there's, it's been squeezed out, well, there's not as much money left over there. Mm-hmm. So, you, so, so like I said, first thing, decrease your burn rate. Second thing is how do you increase your income? even even it has to be working for somebody else um in some ways your second thing of working for somebody else you can actually go work for a certain industry where you can learn meaning you can go and work for uh, for another different entrepreneur or a smaller company where you can learn more about the industry and actually learn from their mistakes you know it's a lot better to work for a different startup and 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 you know learn on how they lose a half a million dollars versus you lose a half a million dollars. Mm. <laughs> and, and you still have that insight of, oh, okay, this is how it works. This is how it happens. Even for me, like my business, when I first started out, like I worked for one of my friends for a few months and I've learned everything I had to wor- learn about fulfilling, you know, fulfilling warehouses, shipping from China, importing, exporting, customer service, all that stuff, the basics. Mm. And so then third, is utilizing the things you learn, uh, seeing the, the area where there's most leverage and opportunity in the market, and then uh, investing into that area, you know, and going hands down. So for me right now, you know, I, I see a lot of opportunity in the, in the, in the self-development space. And uh, the way I see that too is like I was luckily, you know, through a syndicate, one of the early – angel investors into calm calm Mm calm.com which it was my smallest investment my first investment to date i'm proud of it even some of my other entrepreneur friends make fun of me for for uh, being proud of it (laughs) but i'm proud of it because it has taught me you know calm became i literally didn't think this i gave them the reason i didn't give them a big check i i thought they're gonna fail because i didn't think that there's a that it's a it's possible to have a venture backed billion dollar company focusing on happiness or focusing on helping people sleep. Mm. You know, I really didn't think it was that big of a market through an app. Right. And for example, so the current uh, opportunity that I see now, most people are anxious, most people are depressed, most people are not living the life they want to live. How can I create solutions as we did even with the five-minute journal or the productivity planner? How do we create these tools that are easily for easy for people to do and actually help them improve their lives? For me, that is amazing. That is very fulfilling. That is authentically aligned to me. This is what I want to be doing. So that is my way of – I'm kind of the way of redoing that, exactly those things, right? It's like 
restarting from scratch from selling my business and now continuing with this business um, to seeing how I can build that up to that vision that I want to see. So that is it. Alex, I really appreciate you being on this show and it's great to finally connect. For the people that want to follow you or keep up with what you do, where's the best place to find you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Alex Icon, so A-L-E-X-I-K-O-N-N. <laughs> just Alex Icon. My wife is Mimi Icon. Uh, you can find our uh, my podcast as well. It's called The Icons. So if you just go I-K-O-N-N-S dot com, you'll find our podcast. And I highly recommend for you guys to give that a listen. Uh, we put a love love into it. Um, and you, there's so many great just things that we share on there as well. Is if you enjoyed this podcast and enjoy me chatting. Uh, I think you'll enjoy me talking with my wife even more. So thank you guys. For, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I wish everybody an incredible day. Perfect. Alex, I'll have all your stuff added below so that they'll be able to find you. Thank you so much for being the show. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in again to today's episode. Whenever you are ready, the best way that Chris can help you is through his exclusive Facebook Marketing Mastermind group, where you and a community of like-minded individuals can ask your questions and share the answers. You will also find exclusive content that Chris will regularly share to the group that is only available to group members. Join now at locate852.com slash FB. The link is also in the description.